The following podcast is brought to you by the BICBP Radio Network. Episode of the panel discussion. You're home for comic book talk every week right here on the BICBP Radio Network. My name is Matt Johnson, your host, alongside Greg Knowlton. And we are very happy to be doing this episode oh, yeah. from our new office space. Last week we talked about it, it was just a pipe dream. And within a few days, <laughs> we, we got, got the it. lease, or yeah. we got it. I signed the papers, we got the keys, we started setting up. So this is going to be our our home for some time, and yeah. we're just excited. We got all the sweet art around us. We're in the fat cave. We are the, in the fat cave. This the is Dunderdome. The Dunderdome. <laughs> the bastard building. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of more puns. I got nothing. They were, they were all comic book or pop culture related, and I'm already shot on three. You're already shot. Well, I mean, it's not a bad start. It's not a bad start, but we are a thrill. I mean, we got toys. We got Funko Pop. Everything. The whole nine yards, and we're still hungry for more, literally and physically, uh, spiritually. So, um, yeah, for now, we are going to be operating out of this office. And that is, physically. And physically. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we were just talking about food for like 20 minutes, and I'm pretty hungry. Yeah, we are. Uh, we were. Uh, I had Chipotle before dinner, so hopefully Before dinner? Well, for dinner. Oh, you said before dinner? Did I say before dinner? dinner? Oh. Pre-dinner dinner. Pre-dinner dinner. It was a burrito. Hopefully, I don't crap blood. Um, I had healthy food, which was kind of disappointing, honestly. But, you know, that life. You're about that life. Yeah. <laughs> Lucky you. Uh, first things first. Uh, this weekend, Small Business Saturday, uh, I do got to, you know, I do got to ask. Just a, just a teeny tiny bit. Um, if you don't mind buying a T-shirt and helping us out, we won't say no to that. We got some sweet designs already yep. available. If you check our Facebook page, the link to it. Is, is present. I'm going to post it again before Saturday, but um, we have multiple designs. I have more designs coming. I'm trying to have at least eight different designs by Saturday morning. So if you don't mind checking it out, buying a t-shirt, there's um, sizes small through XL or $16.50 plus shipping and tax and all that good stuff. 2XL and 3XL, just a dollar more, more material. It's okay. Uh, $17.50 plus tax and, uh, and shipping and all that. But at literally every Shirt purchase you make, so you know, it help. It goes such such a long way for us. You know, we're we're trying to make it. Yeah, you know, we're not some big time business that's trying to buy another home for for like a summer home or a winter home. We're we're we work hard at this, and we take a lot of pride in it. We want to expand this. We want to run events. We want to host yes. video game tournaments, trivia games, uh, you know, tabletop games, and so much more. Well, we have big, big ambitions for this, and legit, yeah. every T-shirt that you buy helps us get that much closer to this. Yeah, so. I think that's the important thing to say is like we're not selling T-shirts to like fill our gas tanks or our pockets. No, we we work regular jobs. We have other hobbies too that we're involved in. Um, we're selling T-shirts to give back and do some pretty cool stuff. We we would we love. We've got a space. We can start doing things out of this space. We want to be able to get guests on the show. We want to get Big time guests more too. merch. Yeah. We want to um, possibly down the the road expand this space, do different things that can get everyone involved, um, grow our comic book library, be able to do other things. Do just there's a lot we can do 
um, if you're supporting us and we would just really appreciate it. And it'll validate us to our wives, which is super important. <laughs> that is the most important thing. He is not wrong about that at all. It was like pulling teeth. I was actually surprised because my wife, she's not the most supportive thing about the pad, the podcasting. The podcasting. The podcasting. The podcasting. She's not uh, the most, uh, yeah, she she doesn't love it quite like we do. Um, yeah. And, you know, she, I, I was surprised. I was like, you think I can get, a, you know, an office space? You think it would be worth it getting an office space uh, so I can, you know, get that back room back. Yeah. You can do whatever you want with it. And uh, strangely enough, she, she's like, yeah. I'm like, what? No, yeah. No, it's okay. If you don't think it's going to financially destroy us, uh, you could do it. So yep. she agreed. And then, you know, Autumn was – very gracious enough to to let you go All through about with it. it. She's well. She my wife knows the grind. She does a small business on the side, and one day my wife wants to be able to work from home, doing what she does through. She sells beach body, so she's selling like workout products, and and I do some of the workouts she's selling, all that sort of stuff. Um, so my wife knows like the the small business grind. Um, and she makes money off of it that she's able to do extra stuff with. Yeah. So being able to mirror that and have that kind of gives us even both that opportunity, um, which is super cool. But also, like, everyone's had something they want to be good at, something they'd love to do. And I find it so crazy when people don't, like, support each other. Yeah. Because... I th- that's one of the things I've loved about being the wrestling business for a while is like it's so common to go in a locker room and see wrestlers wearing each other's T-shirts. Yeah, it's a good thing. And giving each other – and I, I've been blessed enough as a wrestler to have a lot of people buy my merch um, to the point where I've run out of a lot of stuff that I I wish I still had, sizes yeah. and, and this <laughs> and that, just in the short amount of time I've been back doing it. So that support – means a lot and I don't think people realize like you're almost investing in us and we have a genuine it's not just like sweet some sucker bought our shirt it's like it's a genuine genuine investment to us and it means a lot to see someone wearing your stuff to see someone posting like go panel discussion yeah selfie with the shirt and and just merchandise man it's it uh no it's it's an amazing feeling without a doubt we had an awesome experience this weekend um this past weekend we had a big ESW show, big Empire State Wrestling show, um, and the BICPP radio network was present. And when someone said the name, there was, there was what, 900 fans, would you say? It was Did close to 1,000. It? it was close to 1,000. Yeah. And, like, there was a pop. Like, people got pumped, and there was, there was cheering and clapping, and it was kind of threw us all aback. We're like, wait a minute, where the heck did that <laughs> <laughs> So we really appreciate that. That meant a lot, and I think made this move even cooler to us that it feels like this is rolling and becoming something so so we really appreciate y'all it's our our mini soapbox thank you that was unplanned but absolutely it's important it is it goes a long way and yeah first yeah we appreciate you guys but um let's get into our comic book talk Heck yeah. this is the last week of november episodes yeah. So we're going to finish off strong with some more mustache characters. Shout out to Man-at-Arms for winning our greatest mustache poll tournament. And I couldn't find a ma- good Man-at-Arms comic. I was, like, struggling. Yeah, I, 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 I tried myself. But I'm pretty happy with what I got. Me too. Uh, today to close this up. Uh, that was, like, a sleeper mustache, though. Like, he was one I threw in there, like, sure. I, I got to cover Masters in the Universe. I feel like that's a cool one to toss in here. But, in the, like, 
not at all did I think Masses of the Universe, like a character, would win. Well, I know what happened. Oh, I do too. <laughs> and I'm in, hey, shout out to Andrew Lenz for sharing the poll to uh, to a Masters of the Universe group that he's part of. <laughs> it definitely gave him the edge. I mean, oh, that, yeah. I mean, it got. I think some of the polls were over 400 votes. <laughs> oh my gosh. And they like they had no chance at all. And I was like, this is, I mean, this is great. Um, so cool, though. It's such a cool, I, I love that. Like, to me, like, it's like, sweet, J.J. and Jameson didn't win. Like, some <laughs> typical that I expected. I thought, like, like Tony Stark was going to win. Yeah. Really. I yeah. had. I was like, oh, he's he's mainstream now. Everybody's going to vote I had him Gordon in. and Jameson as my picks. Like, one of those two was going to take it. Yeah. But. <sighs> it was a nice swerve. Was, that was a nice swerve. The invincible characters made it way farther than I expected. So I was pretty pumped. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm very, very happy with how it went. But, um, but yeah, so we're going to close up Movember here. Next month, I'm really, really uh, excited. We're going to do pretty much toy-based. Yes. Uh, the entire month, you know, to cl- go, you know it's Christmas time, of course. Uh, it's going to be very toy-themed. We're going to do toy-themed comic books. Uh, toy discussions. Yep. You know, a lot of Christmas memories revolve around comic book character toys. Yeah. Or just toys in general for us. Some of the more, like, toy-heavy lines, like what we know, like Transformers that we know really as a toy even more than the comic books or G.I. Joe, for example. Uh, stuff like that. I think there's a mask comic book. I'm curious about that. I hope there's, <laughs> is there a My Little Pony comic book? Oh, there's Well, from the new ones, yeah. <laughs> Hundred percent. We're gonna have to. Do, I'm gonna have to do one of those. Um, <laughs> They're probably decent, actually. <laughs> they probably are. I'm gonna see if there's Furby ones from like the '90s. No, no. Furby's the devil. Did I ever tell you my Furby story? No. All right. Quick swerve. Uh, this is a good story for next month too. But I'm gonna tell, share it now because I'm thinking about it. So, my um, my cousin had a Furby. We li- they lived in Riverside, and my brother, my other cousin, and I were all at their house. And the Furby just wouldn't shut up. True story. <laughs> Furby wouldn't show up. So we go, you know what? Let's deal with this Furby. We take the batteries out. Cool. All of a sudden, I hear that stinking thing cooing. Really? <laughs> well, the batteries are gone, right? Like, it shouldn't work. It, it, there's like, oh, maybe it had like a, a power supply, blah, blah, blah. So, so we take a drill to the thing, and it's still, Furby, love you. Oh, my ah. No. And it's, it's, like, straight in the motherboard, and it's still going. And now we're freaking out, all three of us, men, terrified. None of us had mustaches, so we didn't know how to hide our fear yet. <laughs> so we, we stick this Furby in the microwave. Furby lives. Still, like, screaming in the microwave. Oh, my. So, Furby finally went out the window. <laughs> and to this day, that thing ha- Like, I'm terrified of Furbies. Like, like not even... A, like, I at one point was like, I'll get a gizmo Furby because they had those. Yeah. I loved the gremlins. I was like, no. No, Furby's the devil. And now anything like that that talks, like, scares me. Like, there was some, like, Wubkins, whatever things that gave birth, and those things oh. freaked me out. Anything that's fluffy and talks freaks me the heck out. Like, I don't care how cool he is. If they made, like, a baby Yoda Furby, I'd kick that thing down the street because (laughs) I don't think they put batteries in it. I think they summon Satan and stick it in a Furby. You're probably right. Well, lucky for you, there's no Furby comics. But um, You actually already I did search it, yeah. I searched the website. But um, 
All right, let let us get into it. Um, you mind if I start today? Go for it. All right. So a couple months ago, the, the backdrop to the, really this comic that I'm reading. A couple months ago, we covered Invincible for an episode, an entire episode. I think we did. Um, I think it was back in July, maybe June. Feels like just yesterday. Um, but Greg introduced me to Invincible, and it's an awesome, awesome comic. And the last book that he had me read, well, I think that we read for the episode, uh, blew my mind. It was one of the best, like, it was a crazy, crazy cliffhanger. Um, so I was like, you know what? I need a mustache guy. Uh, I'm going to do an Omni-Man story, and I'm just going to follow that up. So that's what we're doing today. This is actually, uh, this is issue number 11 of Invincible from the from 2003, um, written and the writer and letter, letterer, letterer, uh, Robert Kirkman, who we all, you know, we discuss quite often. He's a very talented guy. Um, but this this book was, this specific book was awesome. Uh, the previous book, number 10, it left off with Omni-Man ripping a guy in half, ripping his intestines out right in front of his son. And it, it, number 11 picks up right from there. And he's, he's um, you know, he's, he's really upset. His son's seen him, you know, do what he did. And uh, he's explaining to him. He's, you know, he's, he's like, okay, I'm going to give you my backstory and why I'm here. Just covered in blood. He mentions that he's from a planet called uh, Vil- Viltrum. I think that's how you pronounce it. But he's talking about how his people were just a, a, a like a warrior civilization. They'd like to go to different planets and conquer. Uh, they started off by eliminating all the weak people from their own planet. And... From there on out, they just expanded their their galactic empire, uh, and it works too because they all have mustaches. They all look pretty much the same. That's like the like oh, identifying f- factor of the men in that race is they have a mustache. Mustache and for real. It's <laughs> all looks the same. All looks the same. Um, <laughs> but you know he's explaining it, his upbringing. How they just yeah, that's just what his people did. They went to different places, conquered them, and, and just moved on and enslaved. And then he got an assignment to go to Earth, pretty much. He got an assignment to go to Earth. Um, you know, everybody was thinning out. They're, they're, they they outstretched themselves way too much. So the new plan from Viltrum, uh, the, the leading people there, was to go there and slowly assimilate yourself and take over the planet that way instead of just bringing war and, and destruction. Um, so the way he did, you know, he got a regular job and he started – kind of being like a superhero uh, to these people. And he actually saved his eventual wife from a monster throwing a taxi car at her. <laughs> uh, and he's just explaining, you know, his his story and how he, he's got close to all these heroes. And, you know, he just got really tight with them. And then he didn't mean to fall in love with his eventual wife, but uh, he did. He did and obviously made... Uh, Mark. Mark. My apologies. Uh, Actually, they they made Mark. Uh, uh, He came out, and then he kind of, he just, that's how birth, he came out. (laughs) I don't even know if that's a proper birth sound effect. I've never seen it. But. punching um, back? No, it's like. (laughs) But, um. (laughs) But he's like, yeah, I decided to put my mission aside to raise you. And, you know, raise you do the right thing and, and just, you know, slowly, slowly groom you. Uh, you actually find out that the wife doesn't even know Omni-Man's, like, original mission as to why he's doing stuff here uh, in this issue. But it upsets Mark, like, a lot because Omni-Man is like, all right, now it's time. 
now it's time. Uh, you know, we got to get going. We got to do this plan for Viltrum. And, and Mark is just like, no, no, like, I'm not just going to do it. You've upset me. It's a lot to digest in one, you know, in one conversation, which is what he had to do. So he's like, no, I, I'm not kind of. I'm not going to do it. He's how many man's pleading with him, pleading with him. You know, you're going to live, you got to be stronger than me and you're going to outgrow all these people. And, uh, Mark points right in his face and goes, I'm not going to let you hurt this, hurt this planet. And, and this and that. And how many man, it just ends with Omni man's bloody fist saying, so be it. So I'm super curious as to, you know, oh, to see it better. I know I'm better. I'm, I'm really glad that you put me onto this book, uh, this series at least, but it's, I mean, it's it's just the right graphic, and I can't wait. This this that is gonna get a very story good. like changes again too, which is super awesome. Does it? <laughs> and little tidbit, I don't. I've probably mentioned this on here before, but right now a Seth Rogen led Invincible live action movie is being produced. You did mention that, yeah, last but, time. And that's whatever. Honestly, I'm more excited. Like this is going to be like an Amazon Prime animated series, which I think that it's just perfect. I think it's a perfect animated series. I think so too. I think even if it does well, maybe maybe they do try, you know, the live go, action. maybe they go forward really heavy with live action. Perhaps a movie or some sort. But uh I'm gonna get in the review portion of this. This book was incredible. And it's probably one of the best mustache character books that I've read this month. I'm not I'm not gonna lie. Uh, the artwork, uh, you know, I've been very complimentary of it before. It hasn't changed since the last time. The cover instantly just grabs you in. I mean, it's just Omni Man's bloody fist. You know, if if I was going to pick this book up after reading number ten, uh, you know, you, you know, you know what's you almost have an idea as to what's going to what this book is going to be about. Um, and cool sirens. I love our new location. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to give the artwork. I'm going to give the artwork a nine. I was very happy with the artwork. It did a good job illustrating Viltrum and you know just just various you know just various things. Uh, all the all the, the the people on Viltrum, uh, at least the men with the the mustaches. There's a lot of detail in this book as far from an artwork perspective. And I was very thrilled with it. I'm going to give it a nine. Action. Uh, the flashback. There was plenty of action to go, you know, to go with it. Uh, a few pages worth of just destruction and, and fighting and violence, and the blood helps me out. Uh, you know, and I think it goes a long way. Blood's sometimes a thing that people like to back away from a little bit, and you know, they do, they just do a very good job. They do a very good job of, of illustrating it. It's not overbearing, uh, but it's enough to know that. It's serious. It's serious. I'm going to give the action a... I'm going to give it an 8. Story. This story was money. Uh, it was, I'm really glad that I could pick... You know, I could follow this book up three, four months, whatever it is, after I read the, the previous issue and, uh, you know, know everything that's going on. It, it flows very well. It's a cool origin story that I don't think a lot of people expected. Uh, you know, I mean, 11 issues in, 10, 11 issues in, and you find this out. Uh, it's a pretty big swerve, and it can lead to, obviously, this book is long, you know, the story is long finished, but it can lead to a great many things. I'm going to give the story a 10 in this. Dialogue, super dialogue-driven, super, super dialogue-driven. It was pretty much the main, I mean, it helped tell his backstory, and it did it very well. Uh, you know, using different language, it helped, it helped get a feel for, you know, his planet that he's from, Viltrum, and... 
even the emotional pleading at the end when he's trying to get his son, Omni Man's trying to get Matt, uh, Mark to to be like, hey, you know, this is your purpose. This is what you know, along those lines, and you can just feel the emotion with it. So it was very well done. I'm gonna give the dialogue a ten, and rereadability. Uh, I'm not a big fan of origin stories typically. But this did a good job of explaining it. It was a cool swerve. I did not even foresee this happening. Uh, you know, reading this book, especially the the cliffhanger that was left in after number you know number ten, I didn't know what to expect coming into this book at all, and I was not disappointed. I'm going to give the rereadability a a. I'm going to give it an eight. Uh, very happy with it. Forty five out of fifty for Invincible number eleven. Nice. I like it. Okay, perfect. Sorry. <laughs> You're good. You're good. <laughs> Breathing. All right, I'm going to hop into my first book. Um, I tried to, like our our story went, you know, I tried to, um, or not our story, our poll went, lean into some different characters that um, might not have gotten some love had we not purposely out like searched them out. So we are going to first hop into uh, Baxter Stockman, famously Ooh. the fly from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I just co- We just covered uh, TMNT for Retro Pop, she plugged oh, um, this past week. Yeah. Oh, and I know Johnny loves, loves Ninja Turtles. I want to do an episode with him just oh, based on uh, just based on TMNT. I'm all so. about it. There's like... Old school Ninja Turtles. There's the Batman Ninja Turtles stories that are going right now that are super cool. Yeah, he would mark um, out for that. But this is sweet. This is a micro series. So they were single issues following different characters, both heroes and villains in the Ninja Turtles world. Um, this is from the the IDW run of Ninja Turtles. I think they're now a Boom comic, um, but they've they've changed multiple times, and I, they might even be a DC. No, I don't know if they're DC. Regardless, um, this is simply called. Baxter, um, and it's Baxter's at this point been pulled over to Burnout Island, and he's working for Krang, um, building the Technodome, like that or Technodrome. My bad. So that's literally his job, and he's like working, building something um, clearly, and he's talking about Krang and Krang's plan, and he's covered with like around surrounded by mousers, which I love. I'm I'm a big fan of the mousers. They were my favorite. And the Nintendo, like, game. Oh, yeah, yeah, The old NES yeah. game, fighting them that and everything. <laughs> um, uh, I got to teach you mic etiquette again. It's been a while since we've actually sat down. It's been so, while, so long since I've sat with a real mic that wasn't a Yeti. <laughs> I know. Um, and he's just going through his mind, talking about everything he's going to do. Um, and it cuts over to some of the, the moves like he's thinking about a solution and his father's teaching him how to play chess. Um, it's a flashback and he's, he basically like makes wrong move and his father starts yelling at him. Um, and it cuts over while he's daydreaming back to Stockman. Who's also yelling or sorry to Crane. Who's yelling at Stockman. Like, what are you doing? Get to work on the, on this, like, like checking if everything's up to schedule. And he's saying like, no, cause the people I have working for me are idiots. <laughs> basically they don't have the innovation. Um, and everyone working around him, he's got like 10 mousers really helping him, no real people. Um, and he's like, well, I'm making something else. Um, and It's something of insect colonies. Think about that. Um, 
and he calls it a flyborg and he says it's completely expendable and then you watch and he puts a chip in it and goes back and he it, he continues arguing with his father um in his flashback and he's testing the flyborg and all of a sudden it starts to go crazy and talk about being not expendable and starts attacking the rockmen and saying like and he like realizes it's super strong and Baxter seems like he's panicking as this thing starts to like just beat these rockmen that rockmen down and he calls for help from Krang um summoning him there's just like a quick clip of Krang like thinking about how he hates mutants and it's him like punching Leonardo and, and Michelangelo <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then it it comes back, and he's, Stockman's getting chased by the Flyborg, and it breaks into the office um, and destroys a bunch of Stockman's equipment that Krang is using to watch him. And he starts revealing his plan that this was all part of it, that he purposely like released the Flyborg on himself and knew how strong it was and knew that it would destroy everything so Krang couldn't see what he was doing anymore. And then... It also stole all of the information so now he could hack the Technodrome and use it for, like, hack its systems and steal Krang's plans. Um, and then he re-releases the Flyborg onto the men and, like, basically lets it die because he, he's like, you're worthless, you've done your job now. And he's really cold. Like, the thing is, like, begging for, for help and, like, that it doesn't want to die and it just gets obliterated. Like, there's actually, like, a blood splatter. Um... And it cuts back to now he's got the checkmate and knows um, how to take down Krang. And there's this just, like, ruthless thing of him, like, walking up to his father. And his father, like, he's like, you said check before you even, like, made a move in the game? And he's just an adult and he hands him a sign that shows him, or hands him a piece of paper basically telling him, you're fired, I bought your company, and walks away. <laughs> That's cold. Yeah. <laughs> It was really, really interesting. Like, I've never seen this side of Stockman. Like, we always think, I think of, like, the goofy Stockman in the cartoons and, like, the Tyler Perry version. And uh, Oh, yeah. That was and, interesting. Yeah. And stuff like that. And But this Stockman's, like, a cold, super calculated, like, super genius villain. Um, and I found it super interesting. And I just really like this Ninja Turtle story. Like, I like a story in its universe without the turtles around. Yeah. I think it's fun. Um, so I will hop into it. Art, it's a very different style. It's got this, like, urban, almost boondocks vibe to it, especially when he's a kid, if you look, like, like very oh, yeah. boondocks. It looks uh, just like it. Saturday morning comic book. I'm going to give the art a seven. Okay. Um, it's different. It's definitely different. Action, there is a decent amount of action, not a ton. It's a six for that. Okay. Story, it's a pretty simple story. Um, there's not a ton going on, though his, like, plan is very interesting and very, I like how that all hatched out, um, and I, I do like the, the kind of the flashbacks with his dad, so I'm gonna give that a six as well. Um, dialogue is strong. The dialogue's very strong. I'm gonna also give the, the dialogue a seven. A seven? Okay. And rereadability, this, I will say this isn't the most rereadable comic, it's pretty cool to get to know the character, but it's not something I'd pass around, not something I'd jump back to. I'm going to give it a three there. Oh, okay. 
Um, it's kind of a, a middle-of-the-ground comic for me. Like, I enjoyed it. It's not something I absolutely loved and thought was the coolest thing I've ever read. Okay. But it was it was a cool way to hop in this character. I would like to see more. I kind of would like to see some more action with him and see his, like, him actually fighting the turtles. I was looking really hard, but there was, like, a hundred-something issues to go through, and it's really <laughs> hard to find. Yeah. And he's actually a main character throughout the whole IDW storyline. Like, he flip-flops hero, anti-hero, or villain, anti-hero kind of thing. Um, so he's got, he's a very cool character in this run. Um, but, yeah. All right. Very good. 29 out of 50. So just a little bit above uh, the halfway point. So uh, not bad. Cool. I mean, cool little off story, I guess, yeah. for, for Stockman. All right. The next character that I wanted to uh, – that I will be covering is uh, – it's – Red Hulk, Red Hulk, who has had a mustache. Obviously, he's a, uh, you know, General uh, Thunderbolt Ross's, ver- you know, his Hulk, essentially. Um, the book that I chose to read is called Fall of the Hulks, Red Hulk issue number one. And I realize we haven't done much or any Hulk, Hulk stories. No, we haven't. So this is the first one. Yeah. Um, you know, which is which is cool. Uh, there's, I mean, there's a few like mainstream characters that we we haven't really touched yet. I was gonna do uh, the uh, some of the Immortal Hulk for Halloween time because they're actually pretty freak. Like he's a, it's more of like a horror take on Hulk at least early on. But I just never got around to it. Yeah, there's so much. There's, oh, I know. We we and we did good. Like we were very happy with how our books turned out for yeah, that month just, too. There's so much. Like Halloween next year is gonna be crazy because there's so many books. <laughs> It's not a bad thing. Not a bad thing. All right. So it gives us a little flashback uh, to to kind of what's going on in this in this storyline. Mo- uh, pretty much uh, on one side, Modok and the leader have formed a team to kim- kidnap the eight smartest men in the world. So a uh, little, little scary team up here. And then on the other side, Bruce Banner and Red Hulk have allied to stop them. Uh, Bruce Banner at this point does not have the Hulk with him. He's not, uh, he can't transform. Uh, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting. Uh, but it starts off with Red Hulk at a undisclosed location. He's fighting some aim soldiers. Uh, he just does his clap thing and <laughs> knocks them out and runs them through it. You know, runs them into a door. Uh, then he use, he rips off one of their masks and, uh, makes their eye open up the, the sealed door. So he walks in, and he's actually surprised. Uh, Rick Jones, a.k.a. the A-Bomb, just kind of shows up. And uh, they're just having this little dialogue. And uh, A-Bomb is like, yeah, Bruce doesn't trust you still. You know, we know who you are. You know, you are who you are. And he just, yeah, it's just pretty much dialogue. Uh, a bunch of that between the two of them. Yeah, you're not trustworthy, this and that. Um, they walk, they're walking by. And this is where it gets a little a little graphic, actually. I was very impressed. They're walking through this facility. They're not trying to make any noise. And they see a they see, they see see MODOK. Well, what they think is MODOK. But it's uh, they're ready to go and fight him. But it's actually, um, they're actually clones that uh, MODOK makes. He makes ton, uh, a bunch of them. And uh, A-Bomb actually goes on to describe it as, you know, he, you know, Excuse me, Red Hulk, uh, sorry, describes, you know, he cuts the brain function immediately so there's no competition. So there's not like an army of MODOKs. But what he does is he 
takes their uh, uses the brains for raw processing power, uh, organic, you know, material that run. It actually runs AIM all over the world. It, it's pretty wild. Um, he believes he's the most perfect computer, uh, and he also uses some of their their you know their organs and stuff like that for replacement parts. Uh, he does routine transplants because he goes through them. I mean, it's very very graphic. Oh yeah, they actually show him like. These machines like dissecting clone Modocs. It's very, it's a little disturbing. Uh, but Red Hulk walks away because he sees. Uh, well, then he he sees a Hulk. It's like a. It's just standing there. It's it looks like Bruce Banner's Hulk, but it's just just standing there. They're looking. They're looking for some key or uh, some disc or whatever. It's got some plans that they're trying to uh, figure out. Kind of like the Death Star plans for Star Wars, and uh, they go to take it. And all of a sudden, this Hulk wakes up and starts choking Red Hulk. He's got like this, like fiery, like electricity in his eyes. So you almost think he's a robot. Um, but he grabs Red Hulk and then throws him right in a bomb and just he goes to the wall. Uh, Red Hulk charges back after him, and and this this Hulk, whatever it is, just decks him, just punches him, and blows him through a wall. He's getting he's getting the better of him. Pretty much, and he's beating up a bomb and him, uh, but then all of a sudden this Hulk just flies away. He just flies. Uh, it's, they're all like, "What's what's going? Oh, you fly too? That's awesome." Uh, a bomb says, being sarcastic. But then on this on this TV monitor uh, where they're at, uh, the leader and Modok pop up, and leader goes, "Modok and I hadn't expected Mister Jones as well, but he added a dimension to test the testing aspect of the cosmic powered Hulk." Uh, and Monak goes, the real point of our, you know, drawing out our red friend, however, was to initiate activation of the synthesoid by siphoning your cosmic energy. Even as a traitor, you still fulfill our plans. So there was an alliance with Ross and Monak at some point, but it pretty much ends, well, it sort of ends, they blow up the facility. Monak <laughs> pulls up the facility. You can see Rick Jones and, and, and Red Hawk flying everywhere. And then, um, Oh, it's just, oh, they go back, they go talk with Banner, and um, let's see. Yeah, they just they just pretty much end up with handing him the disc, that information disc. So, was that it? Oh, no, there wasn't our part. It's not loading right now on the screen, but um, they're trying to, so, something with the, the leader and Monarch had, uh, Bruce's daughter, who is a version of Hulk, oh, under control. It's not loading. It's kind of it's kind of making me mad. But he finds that out with his disc, essentially. So, mm. so that's that. That is that that book. Uh, I've never read Red Hulk. You know, I didn't. I knew he existed, but I didn't know why. Um, you know, it's a various reason. This is a kind of a cool story, like the fall of the Hulks. Like there's going to be just a bunch of Hulk characters uh, just fighting each other. Uh, I'm going to get into the review portion. The artwork is awesome. It is some of the best artwork I've ever seen. And this comic book is from... It doesn't have it listed here. Oh, boy. Yeah, I'm not seeing a date or anything on it, but... um, I mean, it's gorgeous. I mean, it's very... There's very realistic detail to these... that's so cool. I mean, look at that Red Hulk panel right there. I mean, that's so insanely detailed. Uh, I love that. I'm going to give the artwork a 10. 
action. There was plenty of action to go to go around, um, you know, especially with them battling the Cosmic Hulk. Uh, some fun stuff, and they, I mean, they got their butts whipped, but uh, regardless, there was you got to see some cool like signature Hulk fighting maneuvers, I guess. So I'm going to give the action an eight. Story. I'm intrigued by this story. I'm not sure where it's going to go. This is the first issue of this, uh, you know, of this storyline that they're doing. I think it's like six or seven issues, maybe. Maybe that. Um, I think it's a cool story. It was a cool way to start it up. I'm curious as to how many Hulks are going to be involved and why there are so many. Um, I'm going to give the story a seven. Dialogue. There were some some cool dialogue bits. Uh, especially, you know, Red Hulk describing Modoc's like rehabilitation process with the clones and, and you know, some of their back and forth banter. Cause he, I mean, you don't picture raw, you know, Thunderbolt Ross or Red Hulk even being on kind of a good side. Yeah. You really never think of that. Uh, and it was, it was a really, really cool dynamic and him with, you know, with Bruce Banner, who's can't even turn to the Hulk. I'm going to give the dialogue an eight and rereadability. It was a fun little book. I mean, it was visually appealing. I I, I, I really liked it. I'm going to give the re- rereadability an 8, making this a 41 out of 50 for Red Hulk. This is my favorite Red Hulk. Oh, that's cool. This he actually is, has a mustache there, he too. He has mustache and aviators. Like, <laughs> I, was, I forgot what I was reading not too long ago that he was in it, and I was just like, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I um, So I did pull the DC plug on myself. I was going to do... Um, JLA Tower of Babel. It's the um, the Ra's al Ghul story. Okay, but it's not super Ra's al Ghul centric, and he he's just kind of in it. And I really wanted to do two things. I wanted to get weird, and I wanted to do a cool mustache for a character that people might not have picked. So I did Howling Commandos of Shield number one. Ooh, and it is a. Dum Dum Duggan story. That's my mustached man. <laughs> but just listen to this team. That's this is this is the most attractive thing of this book. The new Howling Commandos is a in or at this time it was the new one. This only lasted six issues. I actually have I think all of them physical copy because I just I dig it. But the team was Hit Monkey, Manphibian, Man Thing, Teen Abomination, Orgo, Jaster Sitwell, who's died and become a zombie. Nina Price, who's Vampire by Night, and then Dum Dum Duggan hmm. as the commander. Oh, and Warwolf leading from afar. So it's a really weird team, and it's I It's very it. straight. I do like it. I do like it. And they're, instead of S.H.I.E.L.D., they're working for Stake, which is the special threat assessment for known extra normalities, which it's supernatural, and that's why I'm all about it. Um, and it's got a really cool logo. It's like a werewolf with... Um, Coffins. Ooh, and I do like, like that. I, it's really cool. It's like a spin off the shield logo. Someone hop into it. It starts with um, they're on a boat and there's zombies everywhere. <laughs> and in the background, you just see Hit Monkey shoot a zombie real quick, but it's only a silhouette. And it cuts down, and there there's the new Howling Commandos team. Um, Dum Dum Duggan is going calling back to Orgo. And Orgo's huge. He takes up, like, the whole stake HQ. It's kind of awesome. Like, he's just there's people, like, walking around him, and he is, like, the centerpiece as people walk <laughs> around. He's got a giant computer, um, and it even says blam, blam whenever he hits the buttons. <laughs> um, but 
He's saying, don't let anyone touch the Earth Idol, or else, and they'll turn into zombies, which they already have. And Dum Dum Duggan's like, yeah, we know. Everything's just peachy over here. Don't worry. And he's just sitting there with a machine gun that he definitely pulled off like the top. It's one of the ones that would be on the top of like a Hummer, and he's just mowing down zombies. Um, and meanwhile, they're all just fighting. Nina Price has like got a zombie. She like ripped his hand off. Um, and teen abominations just they're, they're all just in a big war and <laughs> they're saying there's a ton of oil drums blow them up and we'll take out the zombies and so they tell zombie Jasper Sitwell to shoot the oil drums but instead he's holding a rocket launcher backwards <laughs> and just fires it straight up into the air the and it actually blows up the ship and takes them all down <laughs> Oh, and um it cuts over and Duggan wakes up and he's actually – you find out he's an LMD or a life model decoy as he's surrounded by a bunch of versions of himself. Um, and he's like suited up and there's just a bunch of Duggans in tubes. And he's just like talking to him, himself. Um, and he walks through and he is – goes through all the, the containment – like the detention cells that all of the um, stake – members are inside of okay so they're all kept like monsters um mm. which they are it's essentially um but maria hill is actually running this this group from afar with Warwolf as like the main commander okay of stake um and she introduces her his new howling commandos and he goes right back to to it looks like another group of zombies um and they begin fighting and he lands immediately. War, uh, Vampire by Night turns into a werewolf, and he's just like. It, there's this awesome mustache panel of like Duggan smiling <laughs> with blood on his face, um, and the rest of the squad shows up and starts taking out zombies from underneath the ship. Uh, basically, he's just he, he didn't actually. Not everyone died. Just just Duggan, and so they just sent him right back to the ship to keep fighting. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Warwolf goes with him. There's an awesome panel of Hit Monkey firing two pistols with his hands, and then a Thompson with his feet. <laughs> Let me see. Oh my lord! <laughs> um, and it's, there's just a ton of action. Man Thing shows up, um, at, which they call Code Green, and it's almost like a Groot rocket kind of vibe, where Hit Monkey is just on the back of Man Thing, like shooting, taking everybody out. Um, and this other like weird, my like tree idol shows up, and um, whatever fears ends up getting burned by Man Thing. So because this thing is scared, the second Man Thing touches it, it like bursts in the flames. Hmm. Um, and they take everything down, and <laughs> they're like, "All right, Commandos, we gotta go," and. Sitwell, I think, blew up something. Or, or no, he's just sit, standing in the middle and accidentally blows up Duggan. That's what it is. He, like, turns around as he goes to save him and shoots Duggan in the face with the rocket launcher. <laughs> and then he punches his way back out of another decoil mile. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, <laughs> and then it ends with this, like, all of a sudden this girl, like, grabbing her head and just freaking out and starting... To summon these like Egyptian gods in a train, and it says, "What happens next?" Um, 
And that's the end of the issue. It's a weird book. And I, I, I remember really liking them because they're just they're just so goofy. This was like they were coming out, I think, right during the all-new, all-Marvel initiative or whatever initiative was right before it because I bought a ton of books during that time. Um, that was cool. Yeah. Um, so it, it was just super cool, and I, I really enjoyed it. Um, so I'm going to hop into this. Art. It's pretty, like, different. It's very cartoony. It's almost like I get this is another one that gives me like an archer or a C lab vibe for the art. Okay. I don't know why. It's just kind of what I feel from it. I'm gonna give the art uh, a six. It's not my favorite. Okay. I will say that. Action's easy. Action's a ten because it's just so ridiculous. Yeah, the the tops with the feet thing. It was <laughs> all awesome. over the place. The <laughs> Sitwell just shooting the rocket launcher like being a zombie. Um, I love that he's not smart and that they still keep him with his team and keep giving him the rocket launcher. Um, so, yeah, the action's a 10. Um, dialogue is decent. It's nothing special. And yet the, so I'm going to give the dialogue a 5. Okay. Excuse me. The story is a 10. I just I really like supernatural stories. I think this is such a good way to bring all these characters together. Um, and I love the the struggle of the life model decoy. I thought, like I just like him being this like metal man who he knows he's had a life. He's coming back and like his friend is a zombie now, and now he's working with his friend and he's got to save him. And he every time he dies, he has to be reborn and kind of like deal with that over and over again. Um, so I really like this story. And then rereadability. This is my second time actually reading this. Oh, so that's a good thing. So I actually have read. I read this when it first came out. Like I said, so rereadability is a, a 10 because I clearly picked it back up <laughs> and thought of it. I was like, oh, wait, I want to do a Duggan story. Ooh, I love Howling Commandos. Let me do that. Um, so, yeah, that's my mustache, man. Did I match you on a 41? Yeah, you did. second book? Yeah. Yeah. Not too shabby. And I got to get weird, which I just got to do it. Got to read something weird. I don't know why. That's been like – it's been really fun to balance out – the JLA book was super serious. I I'm, I'm, I like to do a serious book and just something fun. And this was definitely that. Um, it's only six issues long, so if you like Supernatural, like that kind of stuff, definitely do it. There's a, And there's some stories before it. This was just this specific run. Um, there's I think there's two runs before it with like the teams constantly changing. Okay. I think like Abominable Snowman's in one of the team's ones. And like, <laughs> it's really weird. <laughs> and they fight Merlin at one point. Really? Yeah. I love that. I love, yeah, let's get weird. Yeah. Cheap plug, it's on a t-shirt now. Yeah, it is. <laughs> As of yesterday, I was just like, oh, let's do it. Let's get weird t-shirt. Yeah. Um, so that's that. Yeah, that is the end of our Movember month. Uh, it was a lot of fun, and we hope you enjoyed it. Mustache, yes. characters, men's health. Um, it just it just made sense for a theme for this month. You yeah. did a good job picking it. Uh, yeah, I did. Did. It's two. That's two straight months of good themes. So. And now we've got toys coming into you know toy themed comic books coming into next month, um, and I'm pumped. Yeah. And no, I am too. We'll probably do maybe a top five list. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe top five list every week. I don't know yet. But we'll do different different like thing. I don't know because we really love the nostalgia part. I know a lot of you know what we do here is reading comic books, but I think like when we. One of my favorite episodes that we ever did was the comic book ads. Me too. Episode yeah. one. It got a lot of good good remarks on it. I think, you know, just being able to focus on toys and yeah. 
I mean, look, we're sitting in a room filled with, with toys from all, like the 90s. I got some older stuff over there. Um, yeah, people just Our love Funkos. toys. Our Funkos. Yeah. Uh, you know, people just love yeah. toys. No matter how old you people, even like my dad, who's doesn't understand why people my age collect toys. You know, when he sees something that he remembers from his childhood, he goes, oh, man, I remember I had that when I was younger. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. I had... Um... Oh, that's a good one. I, I'm going to save it. Save it. We're going to cover. I'm, it's it's an idea for me to uh, for a book for me to cover. But you know what had great sto- toys and still does a great franchise we get to cover in December is Star Wars. Yeah. So that's something to look out forward to. Um, is we are going to do a very special episode. Um, it won't be in our normal weekly lineup as we chose for movies. Um, it'll be a separate recording. Yes. For Star Wars, we're going to be doing a special, a separate special episode just for the release of that. So watch out for that as well. It won't be on our normal block of time. We're going to release that at a different time. So yeah, but it, yeah, it'll be just right. You know, pop up on a Wednesday or something. We'll we'll make it work. But yeah, we got a very exciting future, everybody. Uh, first and foremost, enjoy your Thanksgiving. Spend it with your families. It, it's it's so important. That's what the holidays are for, to be with your families. Eat a full pie by yourself. Eat a full pie. Uh, I can't do that anymore. You know, back – well, I could, but uh, I won't. International I'll, I'll Cheat Day. It. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I once – before the, it was actually before Russell Bass in 2013. I skimped out on Thanksgiving because I wanted to have abs so I can wrestle Rhett Titus. Oh, that, that's a person I would skip out for, too, because yeah. he's in stupid good shape. I know. I tried. <laughs> we did this flex-off thing, and I was I was still a little little, little poofy. You know, I wore a vest at Russell Bash to cover up my belly. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering why you did that. I'm like, oh, he's going for that Roman Reigns look. But. I was like, hey, there's thumbtacks in the ring, <laughs> and I've got a stomach. I can avoid both of those things with a vest. <laughs> Well planned. <laughs> well, very well planned. But that does it for this week's episode, everybody. Thank you so much. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. And we'll be back next week with some toy talk right here on the panel discussion.